Hello and welcome to Colchester's 2019 Town Plan Audio Experience. For those who could not make it out to our Colchester Planning Commission meetings, we hope to provide you with a brief takeaway of what you missed. At the July 24th meeting, Colchester School District Superintendent Amy Miner talked about education and discussed plans for the future with the public. Check it out. I thought I would give you just a brief overview of where we are as a school district, knowing that you might have just some basic questions around who we are, what we believe, and where we're going. Uh, this is my third year starting as superintendent of schools, and the first two years were really exciting. I felt like I was um, unveiling or unpeeling an onion to really get to know what our strengths and what our weaknesses are. For the first two years, we really focused on five goal areas that were separate from the strategic plan, but they were five goal areas that we felt like we really needed to discover and do some in-depth work in as a district. High quality instruction, support services, um, equity, accountability, and then finally really being one school district. One of the challenges for us that I felt as a building principal was that we were five school buildings in separate silos and my goal for the first couple of years was to really make sure that all of our systems aligned so that we were working together in unison and we've made some significant changes uh, systemically to make sure that we're in that area. In um, June 30th of 2018 our strategic plan formally expired uh, there was a very large process, a summit, several years ago that I was a part of where we built a community strategic plan for the school district. We will begin that process this fall in September. Uh, the entire community is invited to be a part of that process. We'll do building-based meetings, community meetings. We'll do some online information and some uh, video snippets around the process so that we get collective feedback from the entire Colchester community, wanting to make sure that all stakeholders ha have a voice in the process. That strategic plan will be framed around three major goal areas. Our hope is that those goal areas will stay in place for the next five to 15 years. The goal areas are successful learners, uh, making sure that each student is successful. One of our focuses in that area is ensuring that we are decreasing the achievement gap uh, from all students between students that qualify for free or reduced lunch and students um, in any area of disability. We do see a gap in our performance data in those three cohort groups, so we're taking a close look at that. The second goal area will be around connected communities, not only the school with the town or the school with the town of Colchester, but also the community within each of our schools and the transition from one school to another school. Students in Colchester have more transitions than most students do in other school districts. So being one district and being really intentional around transitioning students um, is important to us and something that we're continuing to work on. And the last goal area that we will build the strategic plan around is coherent systems both educational and operational. So we're excited to begin that work. Our administrators uh, did some work this summer around what will the frame for that be, what will the questions uh, that we asked the community, how's that gonna go, and um, they were excited. You'll see all of our building administrators work together in that process. One of the things that we're really proud of with our operational systems is the relationship that the Colchester School District has with the town. Uh, we have shared space. We share some land where the town garage is um, and where the storage garage is for rescue. So parts on school land, parts on town land. We frequently share equipment. 
Uh, that is a very smooth transition. Uh, both of us, the town and the school district, is willing to share when something breaks or uh, one side needs a piece of equipment that the other does not have, and that's been going really well. The other uh, strong part to our relationship and partnership is building use. And so we are very happy to have the rec department have such a large presence in our school buildings, the ACE program, other park and recs programs in all of their camps utilize the school buildings. Uh, we have been doing that for a number of years with no charge to the town and are happy to provide our buildings as a service because we want the buildings, the facilities to be seen as one and really part of the town. So I would like to see those two areas grow. In uh, facilities, one of the needs that both the town and the school district has is gym space. We do not have enough gym space in the town of Colchester. Uh, we frequently have a wait list for uh, using of the gym or we have to turn folks away. Um, we did recently redo the gym floor at Mallet's Bay School and we were really pleased to receive a donation from the Parks and Rec Department towards the uh, replacement of that floor and we've had more basketball groups really uh, be comfortable using that space because the prior floor was getting a little slippery and we had a number of injuries in, in there. So uh, in my talks with uh, the rec department and our talks on some building renovations, it's something that we're both trying to achieve in any future projects that we have is more gym space. The next two slides that you have um, connect and they talk about essential expectations. So as you probably hear from time to time, the educational requirements in the state of Vermont are ever changing. One of those new requirements is that students um, in all grades are taught and then assessed uh, on something that Vermont calls the transferable skills. In Colchester, we call them our essential expectations because they are essential to be a successful, involved citizen and adult. Um, the AOE has listed their set of transferable skills. We have adopted four, which is, encompasses all of the AOE's requirements. And so we expect that all students will learn throughout their time in Colchester and graduate being able to think, to act, to learn, and to communicate. Uh, we feel that those are the four skills that can be connected to any content area that you have to know, uh, no matter what career choice uh, you may be going into. We do believe we have strong outcomes for students. 93% of our students graduate that enter the school district. We've had great success sending students to the Ivies, into the military. Uh, every four years after students graduate, we do a follow-up survey. Uh, asking students if they felt prepared by the school district and in what areas do they think we could do a better job preparing them for life, college, or work, uh, depending on what their post-secondary career choice is. So, and we're proud of those statistics. Last, uh, my first year as superintendent, one of the things that I felt that we needed to do was a demographic study. Um, over the past 10 years, we've seen a decline in enrollment, but we wanted to know what enrollment was going to look like moving forward so that I could ensure that we were right-sized as a district. We partnered with McGibbon Demographics, South Burlington also used them. And the graph, the bar graph that you see there shows our um, enrollment uh, 2066 to 2064, or that's the number of students at the top, sorry, 2017 to 2026, should have brought my glasses up. Um, and you can see they're predicting that our enrollment will be flat. They do that based on births. They have a very um, accurate rate, so they say plus or minus 10 students. 
the last two years, uh, we found their prediction has been um, closely in line with what our in-student enrollment looks like. The only group of students that you don't see accounted for in that projection is tuition students. So tuition students are students that live in a town that does not have a high school or maybe grade eight or grade seven. So those students, we can't predict uh, and they can't predict what district they will choose. So those students are not there. The other group of students that is not represented in that bar graph are school choice students. And tuition students and school choice students, those are two different groups. School choice students, it really only applies to high school. It doesn't apply uh, preschool to grade eight currently. Um, those are students that live in a town that has a high school, but for some reason, they want to apply to attend a different school district. In the 2014 town uh, plan education chapter, you do have a section around school choice, um, asking the question around retention. I am pleased to report that retention of Colchester students wanting to stay at Colchester High School is not an issue. We currently receive more high school students via school choice from other towns than we send out. Uh, the most common reason why a high school student would make the choice to leave Colchester is typically their parents um, have moved from one town. So they may have purchased a home in Colchester and their student is a junior and they moved from, let's say, Jericho. They would like to see that student finish their high school career in Jericho because that's where they've started their education. And so that's the most frequent reason that we see. We currently have seven high school students that are school choicing out of the district. So strong retention. We currently have 14 students who are school choicing into Colchester. So they live in another town that has a high school, but they have chosen to come to Colchester High School instead. And so we're proud of that um, statistic. We've been working on becoming an uh, equity literate school district, ensuring that all of our students, regardless of where they are born, feel represented, supported, safe and welcome in the school district. We currently have 78 ELL students. That number um, has been on the rise, and so we do um, distribute uh, some of our resources to ensure that those students are supported in those classrooms. But I thought it would be an interesting graph for you to see where all of the students um, in Colchester come from. Knowing that our enrollment is flat and that we are not losing revenue because we are not losing a significant number of students, I thought it would be important for you to see just a little bit of class size. So our board's guidelines for class size is that we will be at or slightly above the education quality standards. Those are set by the state of Vermont and it makes a recommendation for how many students should be in a classroom. And so if I were the classroom teacher, you all would be my set of students. It's not a like a ratio of how many adults are in the building, so how many students then do you have? It's one classroom. So if I were the kindergarten teacher and you were my kindergartners, um, what would that number look like? So for grades K to three, the state is recommending no more than 20 students. And for grades four through 12, the state is recommending 24 students. If you flip over to the next side, what you will see is you will see a chart outlining for you um, enrollment in each of the grade levels, um, the number of teachers or the number of classrooms, and then if you look at and go across where it says class size, that will share with you how many students on average are in each of those classrooms. So in our kindergarten classes for this past school year that just ended, 
the lowest classroom was um, 19, and then we had a classroom of 21, and we had a, cl a couple classrooms of 20. So that was well within the education quality standards, near the higher end of the education quality standards, but still below. In first grade, we're, we're trying to stay below 20. We did have a couple of classrooms of 22, so yes and no. Second grade, we were within the education quality standards, and you can see how it moves across. And so in some districts, what you've seen is you've seen them be able to reduce teaching positions because they have room in their class size. Um, what you can see in Colchester is we are close to the education quality standards or slightly above. A couple of grade levels that we are paying close attention to is class size at the middle school. In this approved budget, we did add um, teachers to grade six and we added those teachers because without uh, the incoming fifth grade class is 177 students so there'll be sixth graders this fall compared to the exiting sixth grade class which was 158 so we would have had 30 students in each sixth grade class if we would not have increased those teaching positions so we are keeping a very close eye on class size at colchester middle school as we know that it is either at or above the education quality standards we've also been watching our free and reduced lunch population uh, we have seen that number in 2008 right around 19 percent this past school year, as a school district, 32% of our families qualified for free and reduced uh, lunch. And something that we're keeping an eye on um, and proud that we are able to provide high quality lunches for those students. Many of those families also receive breakfast in the morning. This summer, we were able to find a grant from the Agency of Education that is helping us pay for and provide free lunch for any family that wants to come to the middle school to receive lunch during the day. What's great about our partnership with the town is that all of our recreation programs are housed at Mallets Bay School or at the middle school. So those students that are in one of the recreation camps are able to access free lunch as part of their day. And they use the cafeteria for a break to have lunch. So it seems very normal. If you were to be in the cafeteria uh, tomorrow and you wanted to see the free lunch program, you would see students with their packed lunch sitting at a table with students that are accessing free lunch um, and they're very used to that routine from school so that's a great um, partnership not only between the state but from the town and from the school the next slide um, one of the components that i wanted to just share was in the 2014 report you had the last listing of the 2013-2014 enrollment data so i included that for you um, on the slide and then the 17-18 enrollment, can, so you can see what's happening with student enrollment since the last time you did this report. One of the changes that I would recommend um, making uh, in the report is just including in your description of Mallets Bay School that Mallets Bay School is not only grades three to five, but it's also ages three to five. And so we kind of have two schools within a school. Uh, we work very hard to make sure that our preschoolers feel that they are a part of Mallets Bay School. Um, and you can see we have a large number of, of students um, that receive preschool services. That's a result of Act 166. We currently have 76 students in our preschool program. They are general education students as well as special education students. Uh, it's a really nice blend and learning environment for all of those students. As a school district, we have 39 students that are not at preschool at Mallets Bay School. But, are, but qualify to receive specialized instruction. So our special educators leave Mallets Bay School and deliver instruction to those students off campus. So we also serve those 39 students. 
And then there's a Head Start program of 15 preschool students. Part of the funding comes from the school budget and part of the funding comes from Head Start. So very large number of three, four, and five-year-olds. When it's a tough day at work, there's nothing like me bopping over to Mallet's Bay School and sitting with some three and four-year-olds. Brightens your day in about five minutes. Fantastic. Um, and so overall, you can see that with the change in preschool, our, our enrollment from 2013-2014 is slightly above. I would say that we would level out around 2,100 students for the next 10 years, which is great to see that we will have strong, consistent enrollment. We currently have 430 either full-time or part-time employees. The last time uh, the town did the report, we had 445, um, so slightly, slightly down. We are taking a close look at our, our facilities. One of the topics that the school board has been talking about is the age and the state of Porter's Point School and Union Memorial School. Uh, both of those buildings need a significant amount of renovation. The other challenge for us educationally is we would prefer to have our preschool program, our ages three, four, and five, in the same building with kindergarten. Makes that transition a challenge um, and oftentimes uh, a need to separate preschool from grades four and five just developmentally. We want to make sure that we're proactively doing that. So the school board is currently doing an analysis of fiscally what do union and porters need in order to be renovated so it's at the standard that we want it to be at and so that those buildings could potentially house some gym space. Um, if you've been in Porters or Union, those buildings don't have gym. So we have a multi-purpose space, which is the cafeteria. And so that's also where our physical education teacher provides their instruction is uh, in the cafeteria. Um, and that we would have preschool on either side of town. The other option that the school board is looking at fiscally is do we build a new building and sell the Porters and the Union buildings and lots? which is the most feasible, which is the best educationally. So part of the strategic planning process will be starting to get very initial baseline feedback from the community around if we were at some point in time in the next 10 years to put something out to bond, those would be the two options. The board has discussed the possibility of expanding Mallet's Bay School to maybe be a little bit bigger and to have a second floor. Um, so they're looking at all options, but right now, financially, it looks like those two will be the most um, responsible and feasible. So I can't make any predictions for you on where that's going to go because we're just at the initial phases. As a group of educators, we've been working on responding to the new standards, and so there are new science standards that we've been working on. We're still working on implementing the Common Core. Uh, one of the interesting things that we piloted this year is there is now a physical education assessment. Students are uh, tested, a basic calisthenics test that you may or may not have experienced when you were in school. I remember distinctly doing that in sixth grade and having to stand on the scale in front of my peers and having the weight be read. Um, done much differently now, um, but it's one of the new areas that we are being held accountable for. And so the Agency of Education, in order for us to get our accountability statement, it's one of those areas that they are looking at. They want to ensure that our students not only are meeting their academic outcomes, that they have those transferable skills, but that we are also teaching them healthy habits and that we have healthy young adults. Um, and so food, and physical fitness is a large part of not only our physical education, but also our health curriculum. The other component that we've been working hard on the last couple of years is adding technology into all students' experiences. Um, 
technology is not going away and students um, are having more access to technology, which we're trying to educate our parents on limiting, especially in the younger ages, and talking to them around what appropriate access is, but that's definitely an area of growth for us. One of the ways that we would hope to have um, more partnerships with businesses in Colchester and the town is helping us to achieve Act 77. Act 77 is the Flexible Pathways Statute, which requires schools to have students really explore their passions and what they think they want to do after high school, during middle and during high school uh, time. And so there are seven requirements of Act 77. Those requirements are that students have access to dual enrollment, so you can be a high school student or a middle school student and take a college class. This past year, we had 78 students at Colchester High School enroll in, in the high school and took at least one college course. That they have access to an early college program. Early college is you basically enroll in, in college your freshman year, but it's a specialized program just for students that are seniors. Uh, we ha had students do that this past year. Usually it's one or two students, a small number. Uh, and some of the programs, you actually don't live at home. You live on campus, and so that's a very personalized choice for students. Increase access to work-based learning. So we have a TIPS program that takes students into the businesses where they get to experience um, for a six-week period of time what it's like to be an engineer or to be a doctor or to be a police officer. Uh, and it's facilitated by a teacher at the high school and also um, someone that works at the Chamber of Commerce. Increased virtual blended learning opportunities. So we partner with Virtual High School, which is not an actual high school. It's not a school building. You can't physically go to the Virtual High School. They do have offices, and it's basically online courses. And so every year we have about 90 students at the middle school or the high school in total that will take a course that we don't offer in our program of studies. It's not a way for us to reduce staffing. It's a way for us to expand our program of studies. In Vermont, we are considered a large high school compared to the rest of the country. We are still considered a very small high school. So the offerings that we have for our students is limited compared to if you were living somewhere with a high school of 4,000 students. So we've had students take courses like the for forensics or a specific anatomy class. Uh, there's a writing class that is very popular that's myths, wizards, and witches. Um, and so just really interesting courses that we not ne are not necessarily able to offer. We've had some students try to take French 5 or Spanish 5 or Mandarin. Uh, we only offer two languages in Colchester. And in all years, we're not able to offer level five, which uh, allows students to take the advanced placement exam. But by partnering with virtual high school, students that want to pursue that level of rigor or a language that we don't offer, Portuguese is becoming very popular as a course of study for students, they can access it through VHS, which is fantastic. Increased access to career and tech education. Every year, we have about 70 students who will enroll at Burlington Technical Center or the Center for Technology at Essex. Uh, they'll enroll in a wide range of programs. Most students are juniors or seniors. At CTE, they do have a program called Pre-Tech, where students get a flavor of all of the industries and programs that they offer there. Uh, personalized learning, so that students have the opportunity to study anything that they're interested in, or the high school completion program. High school completion program is for students that no longer want to attend the, the high school or drop out. We have a very small number of students that will do that annually. Uh, most often, 
the reason for that is the students feel like they need to work full-time, sometimes to support the family, so they will unenroll from Colchester High School, get their GED, and then eventually work towards getting their Colchester High School diploma. Any student that wants to or needs to drop out for a variety of reasons and participate in the high school completion program, they do have two choices. And one choice is I can get my GED and be done with my education, or I can get my GED and then continue to meet the Colchester High School graduation requirements, and they can still obtain a Colchester High School diploma at any point. It could take six months, it could take a year, it could take seven years. Um, for any adult students that do that, we still allow them to walk in our graduation ceremony, um, and we encourage them to do that. And some do, and some don't. Very personal choice, but it's nice for them to have that option. And then on the last uh, page of your handout, I gave you just two graphs uh, to be a reminder of how do we compare to our closest counterparts when we're talking about per pupil spending. Uh, I know part of the town education plan talks about Act 68. Um, I'm not prepared to talk about what Act 68 will hold for us. Um, this winter, as the legislation goes back to work, I know that there are several proposals to change the funding formula, so I can make no predictions for you there. Historically, uh, when we compare Colchester to the statewide average or to the towns around us, on both of those bar graphs, you'll see that Colchester has been and will continue to be to the far left meaning that we spend less per pupil compared to other towns. So the chart that you have at the top, that's from the FY17 school year. Colchester was the lowest spending compared um, to regionally. You can see the statewide average is kind of in the middle, if you look at that graph. And then uh, below is the FY18 edu educational spending per pupil. And you can see we are the second bar to the left, which is typically where we are. It was. Um, out of the ordinary for us to be the farthest left bar on that bar graph, um, but we, we are typically the, the second. It's something that we are paying attention to. The board is committed to being fiscally responsible and trying to find some ways um, that we can continue to save uh, on costs. And that's really why we did the demographic study and we'll continue to pay close attention to what class size looks at uh, looks like in the in the district so that is my quick synopsis of who we are so that's it for now we encourage you to share this podcast with your neighbors and on various social networks for more information on the town plan and meeting dates check out colchester's 2019 town plan website at tinyurl.com slash 2019 town plan and sign up for our Thoughts on Thursday email service to receive additional content and surveys to help shape our community. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope to see you at a meeting soon. This podcast was produced in collaboration with Lake Champlain Access Television. Find out more at lcatv.org.